was a rigid posture and the convulsive tightening of her fingers around the quill she held. Conscious of this last, Gabby carefully put the pen down near the inkpot and placed her pale, slender hands flat upon the open ledger in front of her. Outside, thunder crashed with enough volume to penetrate even so deep within the fortress-like walls of Hawthorne Hall. The fire in the hearth flared suddenly, no doubt because wind-blown raindrops had found their way down the chimney. To Gabby, the sudden thunderclap and the subsequent surge of light and heat seemed almost portentous. With difficulty, she repressed a shudder. What now, she thought, staring hard at Jem. Oh, dear Lord in heaven, what now? You have seen my brother. A lifetime of living with the meanest sort of bully had taught her the value of maintaining an outward imperturbability, no matter what disaster was about to befall. Her tone was as cool as hawk. Miss Gabby, the Earl is dead. Clearly aware of the terrible import of his news, Jem twisted the soft felt hat in his hands until it was almost unrecognisable. Fifty-ish, with short grizzled hair and sharp features, he had the slight wiry frame of the jockey he once was. At the moment, his posture, hunched under the weight of what he had to tell her, made him seem even smaller than usual. Gabby drew in a short, sharp breath. She felt as though she had sustained a physical blow. Rejection of her plea, even a reprimand for daring to make it, if Marcus wasn't personality anything like their father, she'd been prepared for, but not this. Her half-brother, Marcus Banning, who upon their father's death some eighteen months before had become the seventh Earl of Wickham, was a mere six years her senior. Two months previously, when it had become obvious that the new Earl was in no hurry to come to England to claim his inheritance, she had sent Jem with a letter for her brother to the tiny island of Ceylon, where Marcus had lived most of his life, on a tea plantation owned by his mother's family. In it, she had explained their circumstances as concisely as she could, and asked Marcus for permission, and funding, to take their sister Claire to London for her long-overdue come-out. She had sent Jem off with little hope. Still, something had to be done. Claire was already nearly nineteen. Gabby could not bear to think of her sister marrying Squire Cuthbert, the stolid, middle-aged, long-widowed owner of the neighbouring property, who was her most persistent suitor, or Oswald Preston, the local curate, by default. Both, in their different ways, were top over tail in love with Clare, and having been unwelcome at Hawthorne Hall during their father, the sixth earl's lifetime, were now frequent visitors. Clare was kind to them, because kindness was an integral part of her nature, but the thought of her wedding either the portly squire or the sanctimonious Oswald was enough to make Gabby ill. "'My brother is dead,' Gabby repeated slowly. A knot formed in her stomach as the ramifications began to ricochet through her head. "'Jem, are you certain?' A foolish question. Ordinarily, she would never have asked it. Jem was not likely to make a mistake about something so enormous as the death of the new earl, after all. Jem looked, if possible, even more miserable. "'Yes, Miss Gabby, certain sure. I was there when his lordship met his end. He was out with a party hunting a tiger, and the beast charged from cover when none expected it. Someone fired in a panic, and the shot struck him. He was gone, just like that. Nothing to be done.' "'Dear God!' Gabby closed her eyes, feeling suddenly light-headed. In the months since her father's death, she had both hoped for and dreaded the coming of Marcus, the half-brother she'd met just once in her life. Everything would be changed with the advent of the new earl. Her position, and that of her younger sisters, was bound to alter. 
for the better, she'd hoped, although, as fate had taught her to, she'd feared it might be for the worse. But what could be worse than seeing Claire and Beth after her suffer the same fate she had herself? To be alternately bullied and ignored by a father with an abiding contempt for females, and not even the smallest scrap of natural affection for his offspring, to be kept so short of money, and this when their father was a very rich man, that the amount of food on the family table was oft-times insufficient, to be left to wither away on the vine with scant prospects for a husband or children, or any life beyond the vast, isolated acreage of Hawthorne Hall. Suddenly, Gabby knew what could be worse, to lose their home entirely, and the funds that had allowed them to live adequately, if not well, in it, to be forced to leave Hawthorne Hall to make their own living as, and this was if they were fortunate, governesses or companions. Beth was too young to take up any post, Gabby realized as she tried calmly to consider.